Raise your right hand and repeat after me. I say your name. You solemnly swear. To support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. Against all enemies. Foreign and domestic. And to bear true faith. And allegiance to the same. Then I will obey. The orders of. The President of the United States. And the orders of. Those officers. Appointed over me. According to regulations. And the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So help me God. Thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode of American Vet Podcast. Once again, I just want to remind all my listeners out there, every Friday I I host that open Zoom meeting. Anybody can join. Uh, Just follow me on Facebook. I post the the link there, Facebook, Instagram, all that. And you can jump on. It starts at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time and talk about anything. It's just a bullshit session. Nothing's recorded. Nothing goes out. We don't talk about hate. We don't discriminate. So just come on and just uh, meet some other veterans and have a fun conversation every Friday night at 7.30. But for this episode, I am sitting here with both Joey and Steven from the Normandy French Monument Project. Joey was an 8-year Marine and a 17-year Green Beret. He has teamed up with Steven, who is a sculpture and Operation Democracy, which is a nonprofit out of Locust Valley, New York. Joey has been going to Normandy for the D-Day anniversary since 2013. Now he is the founder and project lead of Normandy French Resistant Monument Project. Stephen has created the U.S. Navy Memorial, which is located on Utah Beach at the Utah Beach Museum, and the Dick Winters Leadership Memorial, also known as Band of Brothers, which is located in Normandy. Gentlemen, thank you for being on my show, and how are you guys doing tonight? Good. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Good, David. Thank you. Thanks. So before we get into the great, the, the awesome project that you guys are doing, I guess, Joey, uh, you know, talk to me about, you know, who you were before the military, I, you know, why you joined and um, brief description of uh, what you did in the, in the military. Okay. Uh, so I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh, I come from a military family. My dad did 35 years. He's an SF guy. Uh, when I realized I wanted to join the military, I thought, hey, I'm going to do my own thing. And I really gravitated towards the Marine Corps and uh, everything that they were marketing, um, which for the most part was true. <laughs> so I did, uh, I was an infantry Marine for the first four years. Then I went to college, Lake Superior State University, a couple years there, came back during 9 11, uh, came a recon Marine, uh, did my training at Lejeune, went to uh, 3rd Recon Battalion, Okinawa, realized, hey, I think I want to be an SF guy, went the SF route, was an 18 Charlie, uh, had some detachment commanders, literally all three of them um, were prior enlisted, they were Mustangs, uh, I was coached along to do the exact same thing, so uh, <coughs> what's that term? Uh, cultural reproduction. So went to OCS, became an infantry officer. Uh, when it was my year group time frame to come back to SF, I applied, was accepted, did the Q course all over again, um, came back in 2017, 
And now I have done everything I've wanted to do in the military. So it's time to move on. So I'm retiring and I'm in the retirement process. Uh, and right before I started that retirement process is when I met Stephen. Um, as a practitioner, I was studying resistance movements, uh, resistance organizations uh, during the initial lockdown of COVID in the spring of uh, last year. And I really started to dig into the French resistance because I believe uh, they are, when we tie our lineage of SF to the beginning, yep. if you will, conventional warfare, I think that the, a great example of a resistance performing as an asymmetrical combat power to unconventional environment, it's the French resistance, the FFI, Maquis. So um, I, around that time, as I'm having this epiphany, for lack of a better way of putting it, uh, I watched a documentary, The Navy Heroes of Normandy by Tim Gray. And that is a, a beautiful sculpture that Stephen made uh, on Utah Beach. And the story they tell and how it came so late in the game of one of the most uh, of the uh, significant shaping operation, Operation Neptune, for the decisive operation of Overlord. Um, it was like, wow, yeah, how did it take so long? Like 67 years. I can't remember. I'm not really good at public math, but it's somewhere around in there. And right. I was like, yeah, they really should honor something for the shaping operation of the French resistance, especially with the preparation of the environment from 40 up to that point. Right. And talk to some friends that are uh, very involved in the an annual uh, celebration of Normandy. And basically they said, if you want to get this done, you're going to need to do it yourself. But we'll introduce you to some people. So I get in introduced to Kathy Soroff and Kate Winninger of Kate Winninger of Operation Democracy. And they agreed that our mission aligns with their mission and they're going to host the fundraiser or be the vessel for it. I wouldn't say the host. I'm, I'm, I think I'm doing that. Uh, <laughs> and we team up and come up with a strat plan, if you will, and strategy plan. And, uh, and then I'm like, well, who's going to build this thing? And thinking to myself, well, must be the guy that I've been learning about, Stephen Spears. Right. This, uh, this Jedi sculptor. So I start digging around, looking for this guy, calling around, and, and I call the foundry where he's built some monuments at. I said, well, we've got his cell phone number. We, we can give you his number. Let me, let me make sure it's okay. They do that. I call him. He doesn't you, answer. Then he calls me Second, you had to have pitched a really good story to them because they don't give out my number. So, uh, <laughs> well, she I, agreed. I that gal agreed. She says, "You know what? I think this is something he's going to do, but let me call him and uh, and and see if this is okay." She calls me back. She says, she goes, "Yeah," and, but he doesn't take my call. I don't know. Maybe something was going on at the time. I figured he was screening his calls. So, but he calls me back. We connect, and he says. Wow, yeah, I think this is a really yeah, I think you're 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 onto something. I would love to be a part of it if you know if you're if you're really doing this. I was like, I'm really doing this. He's like, but I don't know what I'm doing. So just he's like, you know what? I think I'd rather work with you who can say that openly than people that think they know what they're doing. I think it was something along those lines. Uh, but uh, I'll let I'll let Stephen take it from there. Uh, it, it was an interesting meeting and, and one where, you know, when I got the, 
the word from the foundry where I have done those other monuments. Um, uh, they said, you're going to want to talk to this guy because he's talking exactly about the things that I know you're, you're passionate about. So um, I, I got his number, called him up, um, noticed the area code, and it just happened to be where I was at that time. So uh, we, we hooked up in a couple of days. And if you've ever been to Normandy, if you've ever been there for the D-Day anniversary celebrations, it's something that's very special. And uh, so, you know, Joey and I had that in common. And, and uh, just, just the idea, the concept of adding this missing link to the story it was incredibly important to me. And so I, you know, I, I thought as if I, I still, I think it's an incredible idea. Uh, it was the, the, um, the time he wanted to have it done. And that was an interesting <laughs> challenge. So um, we, we have taken everything on uh, obstacles. I mean, you name it. And then, you know, 2020 was basically an obstacle in and of itself. So um, but but we're there. The, the the monument is in the foundry being made. So that's been sculpted. We're we're working to push everything through. Every obstacle that came up, we we've gone through it. So um we're excited about it. And everyone that that we've shared it with shares that excitement. So we're glad to be on here and spread the word a little more. Absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen, once again for for being on here. And I know. I did a little bit of research on uh, on your guys' movement on your on your on your project here, and I know Joey's been out there and and, and he's actually part, you participated in a lot of the parachute <clears throat> jumps. Mm-hmm. You know how I've never seen the you know I've never been to Normandy, so never mind being out there on the anniversary. But you know, walk walk me through like what's what's the uh, you know. What's the feel out there for that? Like, how's it for parachuting out there, knowing that, you know, so many men done that and, you know, they didn't get to go home? It's a pretty powerful experience. Um, I mean, you're you're reaching back into a time frame where, you know, uh, airborne infantry, airborne uh, operations was a fairly new concept, you know? Yeah. So we were like, hey, we got this problem with Fortress Europe. How are they going to get into it? You know, that whole joke where, well, Hitler forgot to put a roof on it. Well, you know, (laughs) there's some truth to that. And so you're going back to a lot of lineage that stretches here today. And you're thinking about these guys that didn't have a lot of experience jumping out of an airplane. I mean, five freaking jumps. You graduated. You go to England. You start training. You maybe get a jump now and then. But then you're flying over the channel. You're going through ACAC. Yeah. German back act, your, your plane's getting ripped apart. Luck, hopefully you make it. There's a lot to take in, especially when you're jumping aircraft that they refurbished from that time frame that actually flew that night. And I've done that. And the Dragon Boat <clears throat> um, yeah. with the, uh, gosh, what's that aircraft they uh, put together? Uh, whiskeys. I'll come back to you on that. But uh it is the first time I did it. Yeah. And it's like, you're in the, you feel like you're in this flying lawnmower, you know, you're going, you're going through all your jump commands and you're, 
you're hooking into this thing, your head's kind of low because it's not that big in there, you know, you got like a C-130 or C-17 and, uh, and there's a tiny door. So I thought it was, I thought it was a pretty unique experience, especially when you get over that flush countryside yeah. and that noisy as that aircraft is. And then you're kind of conceptualizing what it was like and, and, and you're, you're just taking it all in. It's hard to explain, man. It's very childlike. Every time you go to do a jump there, it's exactly like that. And I, I shouldn't use childlike, but you feel so little. Yeah. No, you feel so little that you're, you're basically thinking about all the stories that you've read and learned. And now you're there at that exact time, 75 years later or 70 years later. So it's, you, you feel like it's a, a real big privilege. Um, so, I mean, if I could wrap it up, cause I can get long winded. It's just, it's a very powerful <laughs> experience, man. Um, that everything that you take in there in Normandy from the jumps to meeting with the people, to seeing the veterans, to seeing how the French treat our veterans. Yeah. When I say our, I don't mean just American veterans. It's just, it is something that really roots you, really grounds you. It's, it's an incredible atmosphere. It really is. I and mean, they're, they're flying American flags on every home. It's uh, streets are named after uh, American generals. There, there are French families that adopt every gravestone there at the American cemetery and care for it meticulously. Um, it is amazing to talk with the French people and, and they, they show a respect that it, I, I think is unmatched anywhere else uh, to the, the veterans. And um, it makes you proud. It, it really does. It's also pretty incredible to look at the beaches. And if you know the story uh, of, of D-Day, to realize that every inch was a killing ground. Every, every spot on that beach was, was set as a killing ground. And uh, you know, it's it's incredible to think this this beautiful, peaceful place now. Yeah, went through what it did, and uh, and you know, it's just it's it's important to not forget what happened there, and I think that's the big part of what the French hold is the fact that you know when you lose your freedom, when you lose your country, and you get it back. You can't help but but understand and appreciate the people that gave their lives and and you know change their world. So, um, yeah, that's. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 it's 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 a. If you haven't been, you should go. No, you're, that's you're saying that's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're definitely making me want to go. I mean, I didn't realize how pure the uh, the people of Normandy really feel about us. You know, oh I'm, I'm, and I know you both are shaking your head right now. I mean, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I've never been up there. No, no. <laughs> and it's a, it's a it's cold. really hard to even put into words. It's I yeah. mean, everything we say expresses what we can, but it's so much more than that. It really is, and uh, I mean, it's not just the French; it's the Belgians. It's people are coming from from everywhere that that our forces fought in Europe yep. to pay tribute, and it's it's pretty spectacular it, it, it really is it's something that i think is unique as a modern day veteran if you will okay. 
there's just so much humility and so much solidarity that I don't think we can really understand in today's conflicts. Um, I mean, no one's going to, I just can't imagine anybody's going to go in 10 years from now to go see Mosul or brag. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I could be wrong, but I right. just, I don't think it's going to happen. And I, especially in environments that have been stricken with conflict for hundreds of years. You know, I mean, we can argue that there's places and times in Europe, you know, as old as they are, they happen. But for the most part, it was a peaceful, democratic nation, country, that was, their freedom was taken. And you could see, and I think being an American and going there and seeing how peaceful and modern and, and how we can assimilate a lot to them, like it can happen anywhere is what I'm right. getting at. We only think, I think as modern day veterans that we go and we fight in shitholes. You know, and uh, I think that grounds you to where you can kind of understand the magnitude of the type of conflict that happened there. Um, go ahead. I have another example um, on the Navy monument that I did. Uh, yep. That was through the, the Naval Order of the United States. Uh, Captain, retired Captain Streeter was who I, I worked with uh, directly because he was the commander general at the time for the, the Naval Order. And um, he shared with me a sentiment that, you know, of course, how important they felt this monument was to, to put there in Normandy, being the largest amphibious assault in history. But he, he reflected on the fact that as a Cold War veteran, that there will be no stories about them. There will be no, you know, right. glamour about them uh, the way that, that, you know, it is in Normandy. But regardless of that, to be able to share and see what is done there, it's still, no matter when you serve, yeah. it, it, it goes straight to your bones. It really does. And, and you know, you feel it and, and you feel that pride. So, um, you know, there's, there's many different stories that will never get told. One of them was one that Joey, you know, just tapped on and it's really the missing piece of the puzzle for what happened there uh in d-day and that's the the story of the french resistance so it's kind of an opportunity to you hear us discussing the uh you know just the attitude and, and respect that the french people show this is an opportunity to show them that same kind of respect right and uh so we're excited about that. And in, beyond just the French resistance, as in, I mentioned the Navy uh, monument, just to briefly, one of the aspects of that, there were three figures in that. Uh, one represented the command phase, one represented the implementation, and then one represented the aftermath. Because how do you tell a story of that magnitude in one you know, object? Yeah. So um, the aftermath, was representative of the Navy combat demolition units. And that was kind of a cornerstone of what became the Navy SEALs. So with this piece, I, I love history and I love the, the stories behind all of this that you get to peel back as you look into it more. And uh, the Jedburgh teams that were uh, put together by the, the British, the French, yeah. and the U.S. Uh, that, that parachuted 
supplies, training, and, and munitions to uh, the French resistance um, are an important element of this story. And they are also incorporated into this monument in, in a way symbolically that I think really helps tell the story. So, And that's, that's a part of what uh, is kind of the cornerstone for where Joey's from with Special Forces. Outstanding, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a correct. <laughs> Does he have a lot of those, or I, I I not understand the question. Sorry. Does he have a lot of correct opinions, or absolutely? I mean, he just... <laughs> I try. I keep trying. Yeah. If you shoot enough, you'll hit something. So that's yeah. it. Even a clock's wrong <laughs> twice a day, right? But uh, levity aside, see, I mean, Stephen's done. Yeah, quite a amount of significant sculpture. I think well, everything he's done is significant. But then you know you got to think about uh, the three he's done in Normandy. I mean, who can say that they've done three, now four? Is that right? Three now four. Well, there's also there's another one, but it's not mentioned much. It's uh, a medic that uh, went in on Omaha on D Day that I, I was did. counting that one. So what am I not counting? Charles Shea. Uh, I did a, a, a monument, or a, a monument. I did a, a mid torso bust that's there uh, in Normandy as well of Charles Shea, who was a medic on on Omaha Beach. Um, but it's not it's not the you know the large monuments that these others are that you mentioned. And then the one the one you know of course the the first battle U.S. forces fought in Cantini, which was the 28th Infantry Division. It's uh, in in Cantini, France, but there's a, there's a few, and I'm proud of every single one of them. And uh, as a student of history and someone who you know is from a military family, um, I I just you know I I feel very good about knowing I'm doing something to continue the stories uh, long after we're gone. So I mean, there's. I, I did a monument that's in this country. I've done several, but there's one in this country called Tears of Sorrow, Tears of Joy that I think really tells the story of what I try and convey. And um, it's the sun rises each day uh, on the, the tears of sorrow with the, the woman holding the folded flag that's represented the ultimate sacrifice. And it sets behind her with a kneeling soldier handing the flag to a young boy passing freedom to the next generation. So it, the intent is to tell the story that each day that we wake up, we need to realize and respect the people that put the uniform on. For what we, so uh, not to get off on, on, on that, but you know, no. I, I feel, I feel very deeply about all of this. So. Absolutely. And I just gotta, I gotta ask you guys, like what, I mean, when you, when you talk about D-Day and you talk about that and, and, and building a sculpture for a monument or something, but to tell the, to tell the story of D-Day, I mean, how, how are you guys going to, you know, I'm sitting back here. I'm like, how can you explain everything that took place in one, in one thing, you know? Well, they've done a pretty good job with, with keeping the history alive there. My opinion, I think, you know, I think you can go there for, a solid seven days and yep. understand implicitly, you know, from 
June 6th and beyond, like what, what, what happened there? Um, I think when it comes to explaining what the French resistance did there, uh, I, I think historically we have only kind of dug into uh, ironclad formations, uniform formations that are going at it, not the, not the irregulars, not the preparation of the environment. It's just been raw combat of will, what happened to get a foothold and to conduct uh, Operation Cobra, the breakout of the Coastal Peninsula, which was about a month later after the landing. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's a hybrid of, hey, you know, a, a non-professionalized army not sending up morning reports and sit reps yeah. every day. Something to do with it. A lot of compartmentalization to keep cells and networks protected, uh, along with, you know, hey, we just want to know what the what the armies did. It's just the way history was recorded. So a lot of this stuff has been hidden within families and neighborhoods and towns and uh, obscure books, you know, and it's, uh, it would not have happened the way it did. I mean, it's my opinion, but I think anybody, when you kind of start to get a holistic vision of what had transpired would not have happened without the French resistance and problem that I believe with monuments and stories with the French resistance are very obscure areas throughout France. No one goes there for the most part. Like, you know, if you get one vacation a year and you're going to pick it, you're going to go to the, the, the anniversary of D-Day, right? I mean, Stephen, I mean, it gets, it gets a lot of people that go there. Uh, just people don't have the time off to gallivant all over France. Well, so, on, sorry. Oh, but I'll be quick. Uh, but having something there that completes the story, I thought was important. People yeah. that go there. And that should kill the onion bag to where people are going to want to learn more holistically of the preparation of D-Day and actions conducted during and after that help set conditions for kinetic operations for conventional forces to do that. Because Eisenhower said, hey, this is the first time we have ever uh, tapped into irregular warfare to support conventional operations. I mean, a lot, there was so much stuff that was new when World War II. Yeah. And fire maneuver was still pretty freaking new. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Stephen. Well, to touch on your point, Joey, and to, to answer your question uh, a little bit on how you encapsulate the story into a sculpture, um, uh, a great deal of what I have learned in the process of doing these monuments is that the opportunity to tell this story, when it's heard by the people who remain, who were a part of it, it's almost as if it's the key that gives them the opportunity to open up what they've been holding in for years. Yeah. And I've experienced that as probably the greatest reward in me being a part involved in these is to hear the personal stories from the veterans, to hear their just the things that they've been holding in for years, yeah. because it almost seems like it skips a generation. I've had, you know, their kids, grown adults come up and say he's never shared that with me before you know um and and it's it's kind of an opportunity to say you know it's all right we need to hear this story this is important we have to get this history out there and a big part of what's happening with the french resistance monument is that very same thing it's been held in 
because people were reluctant because of the the attitudes and things that happened right after the war. Uh, there were a lot of people that um, were nervous to be able to come forward. Uh, but in, in trying to relay the story in a sculpture itself, what I like to do is to start the process, get the viewer intrigued, and have them want to ask questions. Okay. If you can create a scenario where people want to become involved and they want to know more, the story never dies and it never ends. So to me, that's what's critically important for these sculptures that'll be around long after we're gone to keep telling that story. Absolutely. Don't ever let it stop. Don't ever let it be forgotten. Exactly. Exactly. And we going forward, like there's no way we're going to tell the entire story yeah. of D-Day, you know, in one sculpture. Uh, but the idea that I had after studying what, you know, I started watching his documentaries that Stephen was in and how he would come up with this uh, symbolism. And I just came down with the roots of it. Like, he, you know, he, Steve asked me, he's like, well, what, do you, what are you thinking? And I'm like, well, I like the organization of the resistance to be the root of this. If we can represent without marginalizing anybody, be very general with the construct of a resistance, the gorilla, the underground, the auxiliary, the gorilla being the middle-aged man with the stun gun, the underground uh, being the uh, young lady pressing out the comms message with the SOE supply clandestine comms kit, the young boy being the auxiliary, having the freedom of movement to be on a bicycle and uh, be able to study the enemy tent um, and the disposition composition, you know what I mean? And come and give that information back. I mean, I, I felt like with the stories that I was learning, I was like, this was a really good base. And that's all he needed. You know what I mean? He was just like, I got it. I got and it. You, you got me with the one title that you threw at me, the irregular soldiers. Yeah. Okay. That in and of itself, after doing a little bit of research, realizing that, you know, the soldiers were already gone. For the French, they they weren't you know they weren't in play anymore. The uh, the the people that that are represented in this monument came came off of the farms. They came out of the schoolhouses. Um, you know they were they were the children that still had to implement uh, everything necessary to make a difference to to make this change. So to have the aspect of every man, woman, and child having to come together to make this, this effort work and to, sh to show the importance of it. Um, it's the intent is to show the intensity with the, uh, the, the guerrilla officer, uh, the guerrilla fighter to show uh, at the same time with he's, he's at, at the ready with the stem gun, but he, his other hand is on the arm to comfort the woman who is sending out the coded message. And at the same time, the young boy has, has just arrived uh, with his message from the carrier pigeon that's, that's also there. And he's just, just intently watching all that's happened because everything, everything that was happening there made a difference. Every single aspect, every second could have changed at any given time. Yeah. So to show the intensity, to show the the uh the curiosity to show the the passion and what it was that they had to do helps to tell the story and 
the intent is to pull you all the way around this. And in doing so, the, the composition for the sculpture I mentioned the Jedburgh teams, which were you know, fundamental in, in this even being able to happen. Uh, the diameter of the installation site is the diameter of what the parachute, an open chute would be. So around this 32 foot uh, diameter, the sculpture with the three figures is central to it. But in uh, the perimeter in three concentric circles are uh, bronze parachute domes representing each of the 93 Jedburgh teams. And there are three pathways that lead into the monument from that perimeter. And that's basically the elements of the, the, uh, the three operations that formed the uh, you know the Jedburgh teams. So um, you know Joey can elaborate a little more on that, but um, I think that that every aspect of this is intended to provoke thought and to to initiate conversation and more interest in, in figuring out the story. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I That's think it's a great way to to that you've taken with that too. And, and Stephen and I have been very much yin and yang with his experience, you know what I mean? And my freaking good idea, Barry, you know, he's, he, right off the gate, he was like, great ideas. He was like, well, we don't want this to be a NASCAR jacket. And that's been kind of like the thing that's kept in my ear as stuff has come about. Because the thing is, is we keep learning stuff. We learn stuff all the time. And then as this, uh, popularity or uh, that's not the right word awareness um <clears throat> there are folks that for years have been studying this but that's all they do you know that's right. our, there's not a whole lot going on with it they just you know they have their little networks and they talk about it they share information whatever but then you know this monument's going up it's very unique so now there's people that come forward you have a lot of collaboration but the problem is you have a timeline you know what i mean you have so many things and so every you want to respect everybody's ideas and their authenticity and, you know, their, their professionalism and yeah. you don't want to marginalize anyone being an asshole. Uh, but you also, you know, as Steven says, like, you got to draw a line, man. You know what I mean? Like we, at some point you, you yeah. got, you know, what's right. We could do this all day. It would be 2030, you know? <laughs> well, a, a, a big portion of that is, is, and, and I've, explain this to Joey because of the experience I've had with some of this, like for instance, coming up with a, a list of all of the ships that went in on D-Day, which I thought was, you know, readily available. It, it wasn't. No. So um, that was an interesting uh, bit of research necessary, but you know, to me, it's also important to realize that when you, when you do something, you want it to be representative of every aspect. In any way possible. So when you start to to really like pinpoint, say, for instance, if the individuals that are in this monument were specific individuals, then you would, without a doubt, be leaving someone out in yeah. doing that. So these three individuals are no specific person. They represent all yeah. of the people that that you know were there for the French resistance. Uh, the Jedburgh teams, you know, that's, that's like the ships for the Navy monument. Joey's been, you know, working his tail off, trying to get all the names of the Jedburgh teams. Well, um, get them right. <laughs> yeah. 
So it's, you know, it's, it's important to realize that this is the intent is to be representative of the story and to have people be able to want to learn more and, and seek more information from it. But um, I've learned that every time that I, I think I know something, there's something else to learn. So, but this is the great opportunity for that. It brings a lot of people together that you get to meet. Sorry, but that's. Yeah, that's true. It brought us together for sure. Yes. (laughs) And it's going to get you to Normandy. Yeah, I hope so. Oh man, I hope so. (laughs) But you know, my wife keeps wanting to go to Okinawa because I talk to about Okinawa all the time, but. I want to go to Normandy now because, like I said, you know, I recently just found out about what you guys are doing, and I've been digging in a little bit more about it, and it's, you know, it is actually, it's amazing. And now that now that I find out that they, I don't want to say they care about us more than we care about us right now, but, you know, it's, to hear that is truly phenomenal knowing that, you know, our my ancestors and everything else didn't, you know, lay down their lives for ungratefulness. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? That's why I'm like, I'm looking back on this and and I've watched your your the video that was sent to me, the the video of the whole project, the promo video and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I'm gonna leave it in the in the show description for my listeners to watch that video. And Good. I encourage them to watch that video. Um, just maybe not if you're driving right now, kind of pull over and then listen to it cause, <laughs> <laughs> or watch it. But, you know, as I'm watching that video and it's cause you have some elderly personnel that that's on there that are, are, are talking, you know, you can tell that they're talking, um, they're talking truth, you know, Absolutely. you know, what's funny is the the tight timeline that we've had that, that video to make sure I don't want to say that's my baby, but it was kind of my baby because just understanding how the little bit I do of market research of how this all works. I was like, got to come up with something that, how do you reach people? People like to watch videos. You know what I mean? On social media, it's got to be a certain link. It's got to be, it's got to, it's got to send the message. That's, that's a science man that I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I went through the guy, Henry Roosevelt, who, who did it for us. And um, we, I think we filmed that right before I deployed in, yep. in May. And we didn't get that thing launched till late August, September. Um, yeah. Yeah, around there, yeah. Uh, and uh, that's when the, we started to launch it to do the fundraiser, which I know was, it was very stressful between Stephen and I. Right. Um, but I was just curious, you, you mentioned the video, did it, I want to know if it served the purpose that I was so methodically trying to do. I mean, did it really hit where it needed to? Yeah, very, very impactful is my question. V- very impactful. Absolutely. Like I said, it's, it, it definitely, cause once you guys kind of reached out to me and I was just like, well, what's this about? I watched that three minute video and I was like, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I get that that three minute video shows it almost without going too in depth of what you guys are trying to do, but wanting and it left me wanting to know more. And that everything. is so hard of everything we're talking about, where Steve was saying you can't put it into words. You can never right. put this in words. No. So 
the amount of stress I had to try to wrap that in three minutes. I'm just curious if it got there. Yep. So, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Stephen. I was just going to say, you know, Henry Roosevelt did an excellent job on that video. And it's interesting. And having the time to sit and talk with him, he had that same kind of, of just unimaginable feeling the first time he went and visited Normandy. It's just like, my gosh, you know, this is, it's, it's, it's something that you will never forget. And it's yeah. something that is incredibly moving. And I, I know it had a lot to do in inspiring him and doing that video clip as well because of his passion for it. And uh, there's, it's a story that, that has to be told. And it's one that, that is a, a prime example of the respect that there should be. Right. For everyone that puts the uniform on, so absolutely. I mean, they they've been giving us respect since D Day. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. And it's you know I want to go over to Normandy so much, but as we talk about this, I almost don't because I feel like as soon as I get there, I'm not going to want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you, I say plan a week, and you'll definitely want to go back. And and I and what I like to think that happens, and what I've seen, and I've seen it myself, I've seen it in friends is once they go they go there for the first time it's like people need to know yeah people need to get regrounded they need to go mm-hmm. um, that's that's the best way i can put it i just want to share one thing yeah. uh when steve was talking about all these stories that are coming forward you know this has been we're we're we're, we're building this thing as we're flying it we're learning a lot of we're learning a lot about how to well I'm learning a lot about how this works, but we're learning a lot of people and stories too that come forward. So I had gotten an email and I'm going to try to pull this up from a a fellow named uh, Sebastian Orlot who lives behind Omaha beach. And he is the nephew. His uncle was in the resistance network that functioned in that area. uh, About 80 person network that was compromised uh, right at D-Day. They were taken to Khan and 80 of them were executed. And a few of them were deported, were deported to uh, move. <laughs> they were, you know, kidnapped and moved to uh, Birkenau, uh, Auschwitz-Birkenau. And I'm going to pull up an email that he sent uh, about this monument and what it meant to them. And it's kind of, it's what Stephen and I were what we were envisioning and we actually got feedback on. I'll let you guys talk as I pull this up because his his talking thought provoked sharing this, but uh, I'll come back to that. All right. What's up? It's uh, in the interim, I'll share something that uh, um, was very moving to me and, and, and it's in a different realm with this a bit, but it was the, uh, the Doughboy monument that I did. Uh, just north of Paris, uh, at the dedication of that particular project, um, the you know head of European Command and four-star generals walking the wreath to, to lay along with other dignitaries, you know, doing the wreath ceremony, and at his side they had closed the school there, and you know small children would walk with whatever dignitary was laying the wreath, and in their hands they had a small rosebud and a stub of a candle symbolizing their gratitude and their love 
for those fighters and that they would never forget. They would never let that light go out. And to talk with those kids, I, I, I was just absolutely stunned to know the amount of information that they know about all of these battles and all of the forces that, that were there uh, helping them. And, you know, this is, this is diligently taught to them. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's great to see the impression that good work does, you know, and uh, it, it's just another aspect that really makes you proud in, in the process of doing this and, and sharing and keeping that story alive. So what's well, it's it's the reason why our ancestors did it. Yes, right? Exactly. And it's exactly. And if you don't hold that true and and you don't embrace it and if, if you don't realize what what has happened, you forget it. You forget that it happened like you guys are saying and and what mm-hmm. that's why I say like it's it's amazing what you guys are doing but like it should never be forgotten. Right. Yeah. And it's it is sad. I'm trying to not I Everything that's coming in my head right now is very political, and I don't like going political because I go on some rants. Right. But it, it it is very it's frustrating, I guess you could say it's very frustrating when you when you start talking to people, and you know, even kids. Like I have a six year old, and she knows everything. You know, she knows everything that's going on right now since two thousand and one, right? Because that's my era, right? Yeah, and. You know, people ask me all the time and, you know, they're like, well, how would you feel if she, you know, she joined the military or something like that? Well, how can I say no? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I I grew up in the military in an Air Force family. And, you know, I remember, my gosh, I mean, it's imprinted into my soul. You know, I mean, listening to the, the, the military bands, the, you know as a, an infant waving my flag at Ike, at Ike, you know, that's yeah. how old I am. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, um, every one of my monuments, I have four kids, every one of my monuments. And in fact, my son is in one of them. Uh, I share the story. I share the yeah. history and, and it's so much more than what they're taught. And, um, you know, it's important regardless of, of how many times or, or who, that that story is out there for people to be able to share. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, it's just, you know, Joey, when, when he approached me on this, it was an, a really crazy timeline. Or I, I gotta say it, buddy. I gotta <laughs> say it because we're doing this in one third the time that yeah. it typically should be done, but how appropriate for, you know, special forces, to just plow straight through everything and go for it. Yep. So what he, what he did to me was he touched what he knew I was passionate about with those monuments. And at the same time, he's about to be deployed and his wife is pregnant with her second child. Hmm. He looks at me and he says, can't you just try? Yeah. You can't say no. No, no. <laughs> and and you know, I, I didn't want to say no. I was just afraid that it, that, there would be some, you know, pandemic, all these other things going on. I didn't want to disappoint him. Yeah. And kicking itself in the ass ever since for saying yes. 
No, not really. I'm I'm really I'm really psyched about it because we're doing something great and it's it's happening. It'll be I won't be the reason it doesn't happen. I promise that. <laughs> I I just I say that with underlying a humor because yep. uh I know what it's like to to hold an amount of stress where every you know other people are relying on you, but you're the essentially you're the henchman in, in a lot of ways of like, Hey, making sure something happens. You don't want to be the guy that says no. And Steven's that guy, See, you know, as a sculptor, you know, like I just talked to Steve, you know what I mean? So to him, it appears when I, we talk that, Hey, can you just do this? You just get it done. Right. But I understand there's a lot of bifurcations underneath him that he manages a lot of different avenues. A lot of different people are involved that he subcontracts essentially to get, you know, the rest of the bidding done of the art, you know what I mean? To get, you know, big muscle movements, other areas done. So, uh, it, it just, it weighs on me to see like, gosh, I don't want to put too much pressure on this guy, but you know, just the environment we come from, like, Hey, can we do it? If we, can do, or if we can do it, we think we can do it, then we need to be doing everything we can to do it. Right. I mean, last we're, thing we're going to do is tell, tell the old man, not so sure we're going to do this. We're just going to hold off a little bit. Right. Uh, well, I, yeah. I, I, I told Joey early on that I don't do camps. So I had to live up to it. He didn't. And uh, he put his head down and he freaking drove on. Uh, I, you know, it, it it sounds like to me that you both are driven with the passion to return the respect that Normandy's been giving us since D Day. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just talking, you know, like we've never met before today, obviously, but just talking to you guys and hopefully my listeners are picking up on it. But that's how I understand, you know, yeah, it's a short deadline. But I, it feels like you both like you go you both seen it. You both see how they respect us and you just want to pay your re- that's how you guys are kind of essentially paying it forward like we're gonna yep. get it done by now because you yeah, deserve I, I, it to be done by now i must highlight though yeah the 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 catalyst to to do this at that time frame was you know and we both agree it was like hey look the, you know there's not a lot of vets left and then we're not just talking about ours we're yeah, losing ours. Daily. we're talking about their we're talking about the partisans that participated in this and their kids and their grandkids like yeah. we need to we know what needs to be done. So let's, let's try to get it to where as many of them can see it before, you know, they go and meet the, their maker, you know, it's right. a sad truth, right? right? It's just sad, sad truth of our veterans. Go ahead, Stephen. Well, and to touch on what we, we briefly were talking about before is that in doing this, we are going to be opening the doors for people to come bring their stories out. Yes. And, and that has to happen before it's too late. And, uh, you know, that, that's going to make all the difference. And, uh, I, I'm really excited about it. I, I think that, uh, well, everyone that we've mentioned it to, um, agrees that, you know, it's, it's, it is like the missing puzzle piece that, that has to complete the story. So, um, it's important that it, that it gets done. And that what he's talking about with people coming forward. I have that email yep. up that I would like to read. So Go ahead. now this is translated from uh, French to Google translate. So bear with me. It's a very heartfelt letter from uh, Mr. Sebastian Olard from Omaha beach. Hello. 
Bravo for what you were doing for the French resistance and for the memory of the Normans. Thank you for the memory of those <clears throat> who gave their all for our freedom. Thank you for the memory of our shadow soldiers who died tortured, shot, and deported to ensure the <clears throat> to ensure and contribute to the success of the Normandy landings. In particular, our brother shot from Caen prison on the morning of June 6, 1944 of the landing. It's nice to see that the Americans do not forget us. We who have sacrificed ourselves in silence, exclamation point, for many. And thank you for all those who, through this highly symbolic monument of memory, will recognize themselves through it. The known, the unknown, and all those who for many years have remained silent without saying a word about what they have done without seeking the medals, neither the thanks nor the glory, only freedom was for them the reward of their many sacrifices. So thank you, Mr. Ivanov, for the present you are giving to us and all the Americans and allies, our saviors, many exclamation marks. Yeah. We will never stop thanking you. It was, real, it was really time to see this monument appear on our coast of Utah Beach and Omaha Beach and on our landing beaches. So in a nutshell, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Really, thank you. Regards, Sebastian Nolard. One thing that I love is this small piece, this, small, this one sentence. It is nice to see the Americans do not forget us. I mean, what, what do you say to that? I mean, man, I like yeah. hugged it. And as soon as I got that, I was like, Steven, you got to see this. No, no. <laughs> and he was like, dude, he was like, this is what it's all about. And I was like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, they haven't forgot about us since D-Day. <laughs> no, and during that time, without them saying, well, what about us? Yeah. They have been the, greatest hosts for any and everyone that goes there on on their soil to to remember you know our own family members who who fought and died there and and they open their arms and 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 their homes and you know it's um it's it's just really moving and to me after meeting a number of these people and and seeing how humble they have been about this to to hear their stories and appreciation it's 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 long overdue yeah so yeah and i'm sitting back here and i'm thinking about this i'm like man they've 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 worshiped us you know quote unquote worshiped us since d-day and then now here is, you know, your guys' moment to shine to say thank you for what you did on D-Day too as well. Not just what, what we did, but what you did. And that's a lot of stress. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about the stress on, on you guys. And I don't want to point that. I don't want to hammer that too much. But I think you guys are, bottom line, I think you two, from talking to you guys, are the perfect pair up for this project to succeed and to actually show what needs to be shown. Yeah, I agree with I, I think that what was really cool from talking to Stephen off the get is, you know, I was very upfront with him. I was like, hey, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I need your advice as we go through this because obviously I've done it a few times. 
And uh, my vibe was that he, everything he's done up to that point has been, you know, very contractual. You know I mean? There's organizations involved. Like there wasn't really an organization. It was just Joe. It was me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Hey, can you do this? And he was like, man, you're just like me. I'd love to do it. And so everything that we do is more of a conversation, you know, where uh, I come up with an idea. He talks me off the cliff. uh, He has an idea and I'm like, I think that's great. Or, you know, maybe we change this a little bit, but it's it's what I'm getting at. It's fairly easy. uh, I think with coming back to how stressful something like this is, I I don't think that we really, uh, notice that kind of stress i think it's more so like how do we just the stress of getting it right right uh, yeah that's what i'm saying yeah okay um but it's been it's it's I mean, i've gotten a i've gained a brother out of it you know what i mean like this yeah. is stuff where we get the way that we can able we can talk through this or work through it is i have no metric but my gauge from talking to him is he preferred it this way you know every story is unique but yep. I, this is a little, little bit more unique and unorthodox of his previous projects of how many people may be involved uh, outside of his process. Steven. And not only that, I mean, as you guys interview, you know, people from Normandy and stuff like that, I'm sure your guys' ideas or some things are actually just changing in your mind through this whole process too as well. Well, that's where Steven is actually a good sounding board because he has experience with people that come forward and he kind of knows, for lack of a better way of putting it, what's white noise and what's something we need to, you know, because there's timelines. <laughs> so he's, he's very, he's like an oracle, if you will, because I'll listen to everybody because I am quick to say, hey, I, I, I'll tell you what I, I know what I don't know. Right. You know, I, don't know what I, I don't know what I don't know. Yep. Uh, so, uh, as, as stuff comes forward, he's a really good sounding board on, and, and this is my opinion. And I usually I always trust it. In, in the grand scope of things also, um, there is a lot of research that's done up front yeah. and, and wow. the intent of course is to get it right. And there will always be more information coming in, but you have to look at it to where it's, it's well, to use the term I threw at Joey a long time ago, it's not a NASCAR jacket. You're not just going to be sticking, you know, things on it and, and have it lose anything other than the ad of, of, of what it is. It has to be something that, that is the composites create the larger story. And, uh, and most everything that comes out afterwards fits in to what's already there. Perfect. So, that's why, you know, the, the, the symbolism is very important that's incorporated into it because a lot of that encompasses a broader scope than just the visual object. So, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, that there's a lot of opportunities for people to learn more beyond what they just visibly see by it's, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, a, like Joey threw me three ingredients and we're making a recipe and cooking something up that is much more than three ingredients. Yep. And 
it's it's got uh, you know a, a satisfying, uh, nourishing kind of feel to it, and will for a long time that encompasses whatever comes at it. So I, I I'm confident that what we have and what we put together, if if anything, will at least initiate the process of, of people wanting to, to know more. But as I've mentioned to Joey, when he's getting bombarded by people that, uh, you know, want to offer their, their information. Tell you where to put cargo pockets and stuff. (laughs) I mean, seriously, you get to a point where you're pole vaulting over rat turds. You're like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. it, it, it really, it really has to go back to the, the basic element that none of those people stepped up to do this in the first place. Right. Right. And what we've done is, is we've grabbed this and we have literally gone through hell week. (laughs) No, it's, uh, the, the one thing I like to tag onto that with is, you know, what I was thinking before, going in this is everything in life is kind of like, hey, I, I need an 80, 85% solution before I prosecute this target. And yeah. that's not really like how this works, not how women work. You, know <laughs> I mean? you can't apply that to everything. Uh, but Stephen has a very good balance of some, of a hybrid of that. Of, yeah, look, we make this very general to the masses where we do not marginalize anyone. And it still tells a story because if you go down that rabbit hole with too many specifics, that's what happens. Um, And it was just, it's been a really good balance. I still will tell you, I don't know. I won't write a book on how to build a monument, but I will write a book on how not to. (laughs) So when is the projected day to release your guys's masterpiece? June fifth, June fifth, it, it will be unveiled uh, in Normandy. In Normandy, yep. in Saint Marie du Mont, uh, and that's that's if COVID doesn't uh, hinder it. I'm very optimistic day by day by what I'm hearing that it won't. Right. Um, Stephen, his his freaking set conditions for nothing to be unhinged on his end. I am meeting on the with the mayor of Saint Marie du Mont on a Zoom call and his secretary on Monday, 8 a.m. our time to go over the base, uh, like funding and all that stuff shipment. And I, you know, I just had to ask right up quick, like, is there anything to worry about? She goes, nothing to worry about. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, So because there's a lot of moving parts, there's, there's not a lot of moving parts and in some places there are. So, uh, We're, but we're on track and I'm optimistic it's going to happen. And man, if the world needs, needs anything right now, it's for that to make sure it happens in my opinion, right you now and coming out of the pandemic and how depressing and draconian that's been for good reasons and bad. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really even more special day coming out of COVID. I think. And in Normandy, when that happens, God willing, I think it will. Yeah. Um, But it's on track. Is it going to be? Go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, go ahead, Stephen. I was just going to say that a big part of why why we're talking with you is there is still the element that uh, 
we are still raising some of the final funds for this. Right. And uh, it's important that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really been incredible in the short period of time, what we, what Joey has accomplished uh, with, with this. And um, we do have what we are, have targeted to do. The monument is, is being made. It's been sculpted. It's in the foundry. I'm headed back. We're, we're going to be finishing and getting it ready. It's the shippers that have already I've talked through every, every little aspect of the logistics to make this happen. Yep. And what we need is just a, a little more support from, from everybody else to help it happen. And uh, uh, the exciting thing about that is that this isn't something where, where you make a contribution and there's nothing to show for it. This is something that you make a contribution to this. There is a physical element to be yeah. seen long beyond our lifetimes. Yeah. To tell a story that is truly important and one that saved many American lives yeah. among others. So, um, you know, we feel pretty strongly about it and hopefully other people will as well. And that's kind of what I was going to hit on is two things. One is it, on when you unveil it, is it going to be aired anywhere or is it, you know, how, how can, for my listeners right now and for me personally, how can I find out, I want to watch the unveiling. I'm not going to be able to be in Normandy. Is there a way I can watch it and, or I want to support this. I want to support your guys' movement. How do I donate to you guys? How do I help this project? So if you go to Operation Democracy, uh, 501C homepage, you can go to projects the, on the top right, the drop down, hit projects, Normandy French Resistance Monument. Watch the video. Right underneath the video is the donate button. Okay. Uh, you can also Google uh, the GoFundMe for Normandy French Resistance Monument. It'll take you there. But uh, Or you can send a check in to the address on the website for Operation Democracy in Locust Valley. And social media links also for it on um, Facebook and Instagram as well. My um, so you can follow the, we're, we're uploading content. I, I did something today on Instagram and Facebook. There's a LinkedIn, but when you go to the, the webpage, there's hyperlinks at the bottom of yeah. load the donate button at the very bottom of the page. You can go to the Facebook, the Instagram. Uh, I encourage you guys to follow and tell your friends to follow. Yeah. You know, if you don't want to give a dollar or $10, that's fine. But if we can actually get people to, to learn more about this, yeah. It'll be, you know, it's it's a it's a purpose served, uh, yeah. but essentially hey, we're at a, almost at one hundred and seventy thousand. We need to raise three hundred, so we're about one hundred and thirty away. Uh, we have to make our next installment payment of fifty five k in May. Uh, so it really, and then a lot of that money goes towards the the installation, the ceremony, and then back to Operation Democracy for uh, other important projects as well, I believe. Yep. Mostly it's all the maintenance and, and uh, the help with the town. and It's all towards the monument. Um, but this is, this is what we need, you know, is a call to action for folks to donate uh, to get this monument done. Um, and it's a grassroots project. This isn't... And, and honors, this is all person, you know, American people donating... Or something there for the, 
the French people and our enablers of the uh, of the United Kingdom yep. and United States. It's uh, it's our collective history. Yeah, and we just have to plug this last puzzle in. That I equation. mean, they've been honoring us since D Day. It's our time. It's our turn to step up. Yeah, yeah, and and on on your point, I I I can't imagine that there won't be video of the ceremony that you'd be able to watch and and uh, and be able to see the unveiling, the parachute come off of the the monument, and uh, Joey's going to be jumping, I believe, also with its Jedberg team. So, yeah, there's going to be some. I'm going to survey the drop zone behind where the monument goes and. I, I, I grudgingly, I think I'm going to pass up on this monument because I'm told I should be there at the or pass up this jump because I need to be there. And I don't, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if jumping in and walking up into the ceremony would be. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems kind of very Navy Sealish to me, and I just don't want to do that. Uh, so not there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> so. But I don't know. The, the jury's still out. But gosh, missing a jump in Normandy and something that that significant. Maybe I just jump and hang out and watch the whole dedication happen. But there's going to be video of this. I, I was told that uh, there's news channels following this. Uh, I know there's general officers showing up, there's dignitaries showing up. I mean, this is people want to come see this. They want to give it'll be an it'll be an annual thing that that. Uh, that SF guys can uh, tie their lineage to, to and pay respects to their very first partner force. Yeah. Resistance. Uh, so I hope that answered your question in the shortest way possible. It did, but it, it loaded up so many more questions. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, I can't wait until, until June 5th and I can find this online. Cause I'm definitely going to follow you guys and, I know you said you're on Facebook and else, so I'm going to track you down. Um, I'm going to leave that promotional video for you guys in my show description, but I can't wait. I'm like envisioning myself on my couch, unfortunately, not in Normandy, but on my couch on June 5th and just watching that, that parachute come up as you guys are talking. And I just say like, now that I talk to you guys on a, on a one-to-one kind of thing and just, just really learned on, on your vision on this thing. I can't wait to see it. Cause I know, I know you guys are going to nail it. And it's gonna well, make you know, the funny thing is, is it's a daunting task and every deadline that we have for, you know, these, these things don't build themselves right. as much as it likes to think that I think that uh, they, they, they don't build themselves and it costs money and, they, and people have to be paid in time to build those things. So it really seems like we take it down to the wire every time, like when, when people are ready, you know, ready to get paid. I mean, I think if the people involved, if they could do it for free, they would. But just the world doesn't revolve around that. Yeah. So uh, I I appreciate the optimism, but encourage your listeners to to contribute towards this because it's it's we're we're, we are at a critical moment. We need that support. We do. And and there are a, a, a great number of people involved that are also pushing other things aside to be able to make this happen in time. And, and uh, you know, it takes, it takes a, a lot of, of character and discipline to be able to, to accomplish something like this literally in one third of the time it normally would take. 
Yeah. And none of this would happen without the cooperation of people who believe in it as well. So we need other people to, to believe in it with us and, and make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I'm going to leave that link for all my listeners to watch that, that, that video. Cause like I said, when I, you know, personally, when I first got the email, I'm like, kind of like, what's, what's all this about? And then, you know, I was told, watch, watch this video and you'll understand. And I did. And like I said, guys, I've, I've been hooked since I've been hooked. Right. So I'm going to put it out there for my listeners. Um, you know, I know most males, it takes way longer than three minutes to, you know, go use the bathroom to relieve yourself. Um, especially if the wife's home and she's nagging about her mother or her sister or something like that, you know, you're going to want to go spend some time on the throne, watch this three minute video. You won't regret it. I mean, it opens your eyes and it, and it makes you kind of sad on that Normandy is, is flying more flags than we are Yeah, for that one for D-Day, you know? Yep. Uh, jumping on a little bit more to better understand this and, and understanding the process of the monument and uh, the powerful impact it makes. I encourage you to watch the two documentaries that uh, Stephen was uh, so closely involved with. Um, Navy Hero, the uh, Navy Heroes of Navy Hero. Heroes. Yep. And then uh, Dick Winter's Hang Tough. It's uh, they're both on Amazon Prime, and I think watching those gives you a very good understanding of uh, of this. Just a different chapter of the story. Um, so, I mean, just Stephen's writing a, a book. He's hitting all the chapters, man. Perfect. I, I have my mission. So it's to tell the story for all the hard work you guys do. So <laughs> got to do it. Never forget. That's it. That's, yep. that's true. Never forget. And, Absolutely. uh, Absolutely. I want, I want to just say th- Thank you, gentlemen, for for coming on here, and thank you for you know putting the time, putting the dedication, putting the you know putting aside everything else that you have going on with your life to, to meet that deadline to make it so fast. And you know, hopefully, hopefully, I can get a bunch of my listeners to listen to watch your video and understand on a more detailed value of why you guys are doing what you're doing. Well, we greatly appreciate the opportunity to share this with you. Thank you for your time. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, Dave. Thank you guys. And uh, listeners, once again, go in my show notes and you'll see the, the, the promo video of what this this uh, memorial is all about. And, you know, comment me, talk to me, whatever. If you have any more questions for Steve or, or Joey, let me know. And, uh, you know, I can contact you with, with their emails and stuff like that. If we can, any questions, stuff like that, you know, let, let me know. We'll, uh, We'll collaborate. We'll get some answers for you out there. Sounds good. Listeners, stay tuned for the outro. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high. 
but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom.